Good morning, Faith Fellowship. It is good to see you guys. Good to be with you guys. Man, it feels like I've been away from you for a long time. Has it been? Van taught? Did somebody teach in between me and Van? Good Lord, it feels too long. So I, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of missing you. If you have your Bible, we'll be turning to Acts chapter 12. We need to finish up The Great Escape. You know, last time that we were looking at this, we've been kind of in this uh, chapter for a while, and, and obviously we will be, and that's okay. But we need to look at this. We're going to finish this up, so this is going to be from verses 8 through 11. And we started in verse 5. And what you see here, just contextually, what's going on, just to get our minds focused again, is that uh, Peter is uh, freed from jail by an angel. And so we kind of see that initially before there is this um, uh, release from the prison is that the enemy is making an assault against the Christians and it's getting up to the governmental level because now Agrippa being in control is putting his thumb down on what's happening. So he's already killed James Zebedee and now he has imprisoned Peter. And so the one thing, remember, we were kind of talking about is that's important to note about this is just historically where we are. Uh, this is obviously after Christ's ascension, Paul's conversion, but before Paul's missionary trips. So it still is highlighting an importance just from a Jewish lens. That, that lens is starting to close. If you think about like on a camera, it's, you know, it's closing a little bit, but there still is this importance. And these pillars of the faith, now we're starting to see how they are being persecuted. Now, if you can imagine, okay, we know that throughout this time that the gospel is, is taken off like wildfire, right? It's like it's going and spreading all over the place. And of course, with Paul, once he starts going and visiting these Greek isles, it's, I mean, it, okay, the world is the next destination for that. But essentially what you're, you're trying to see there is because these guys are still the leaders of the church, there's gonna be this, I wanna put pressure in order to make an effect on how it is that the people respond. And so now you have to understand something about just in, ter excuse me, in terms of what we look at. When we're looking at Acts, we are looking at individuals who are laying their life on the line for the kingdom's sake. And so it is that in this time, and that we're in, in the States and in the world and just the various challenges that we have, that I want you to consider the same thing and consider, could you do the same thing? Do you have the same skill set, equipping tools to be able to faithfully attend upon the Lord's mission, sharing the gospel, making disciples, planning churches, equipping leaders, I don't know how we say that anymore. It used to be Sam would say it in a particular order. He expanded it. So I got to get with Pops is here. Like, what are we saying now? <laughs> right? Because he added the equipping leaders. He used to say plant churches, but now it's equipping leaders, plant churches. Okay. I think that's the end. Right. And so that's the goal to James's point. You guys know, obviously his background as a missionary, right? and being able to go and support. So now here a missionary pastor goes to help out a church plant that we have there, right? And make investments there. Okay, this, he still has a mission mind. He, 
just fresh off the field not that long ago, needs some rest and refreshment. The Lord gives him that a little bit, but it's back to work. Okay, so I'm, I'm highlighting that for a point. I don't want you to feel like that you have to let up and give yourself these breaks. It's super dangerous when you do that. Because what can happen is you can eventually just drift into nothingness. Okay, so we got to keep our focus. Remember, I told you the whole highlight of Acts, the idea that you got to get by on that in terms of just a thesis of the mindset there is God's people should be focused on God's mission. It has to be. There's nothing else for me to be worried about, concerned about. That is the principal thing. That's the principal approach of my life. Okay, and so you're seeing that as uh, these things get laid out. And so now here's kind of a, just an application of things that you're gonna see in Acts 12 is God's sovereignty. Remember last time we got together, we talked about that. It'd be really easy for us to look at James' death and Peter's imprisonment like one is unfair. Listen, it's the Lord's choice. And the thing that we gotta be okay with as believers is when the Lord allows some challenging thing in the life of one of our friends, family, maybe even in our own lives, the Lord is free to do that. We gotta be okay with that. When we're not okay with that, I'm telling you, it's a spot that the devil can just kind of wedge his foot in in order for you now to hold something against the Lord. And so remember we said, essentially Jesus had already told them if they were going to follow after him, man, persecution was coming. And remember Peter and his boldness saying, I'm ready. So this wasn't a surprise for him. He had been in prison before. Now he's being in prison again. And we can tell even just by how he is conducting himself in prison by taking this nap, he is communicating the message. I am completely at peace with whatever this situation pans out. As far as he knows how this will work out, he will end up dead, just like James. But that's not what the Lord does, because the Lord's not done with him. So here's why am I saying that? Because it's important for you to know when the Lord is ready for you to come home, he will take you home. Until then, go to work. If I, if, listen, if the, if the other focus of my life, especially in a time like this, is for me to keep my life, I have just lost my life. You have to understand that. The Lord is still saying my mission is the highest priority. And we will have casualties of that, right? This is war. There are casualties in war. And so as we understand God's sovereignty, as we agree with God there that we don't wrestle with our heavenly father there, we understand his love for us. Let's make peace with that. The other thing is our prayer and the value of that. Remember I said that one of the things that's so critical, especially as we age, is that, man, we can, we can always submit lists to the Lord. But when the Lord starts working things out for us, boy, then we will just betray him. And then we just become silent and things are in order. It's like you can't open your mouth in prayer unless it is some challenge. And so surprise, surprise, the Lord kind of rings the bell a little to get you because I want to hear from you. Man, go and talk to your dad. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in prayer for others. Remember we said that, you know, one of the things in our age group that can be challenging is just praying even for your spouse. Boy, it's tough. Praying together is tough. Sometimes it's hard for guys to humble themselves in front of their wives in that way. 
man, I, that is something in our home that's been a big deal. I, it's one of the many things that keeps us married together. I, and if I get a text from one of you guys, I'm like, Serena, we got to pray. She, she might be working or whatever. Hey, we got to pray. She'll pause for a second. Okay, let's, let's pray. Man, she gets to hear my heart for you guys as I intercess in that place, right? And I get the same. It blesses me to hear my wife pray. So I'm telling you, pray with your kids. Let them hear you pray. Teach them how to pray. Pray with each other. Man, open your mouth. Come to prayer on Tuesday night. That's where you get a chance to see Sam open his heart up in a more intimate way. Really, man, the leaders of our church are showing up on Tuesday night. So try to make it. It's important. The next thing is that we understand that deliverance is from above. And we have to understand that freedom is really only from the Lord. What I want you to not wrestle with this year is you try to make your own uh, peace and rest. Let the Lord provide that. Let the Lord do that. And so, okay, let's get into our, our text. Let's read it again, and then we'll, we'll carve it up. <clears throat> uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 5 through 11. It says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. He smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but that he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety. I love that statement. <laughs> that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Okay, and so just kind of a small outline of just something else that I kind of wrote just thematically is that you are seeing this transition from bondage to freedom. And in those first two verses, five and six, you can see kind of like the, the devil's um, uh, efforts. He's in prison and bound with chains. Okay, it says in verse six and in verse five, but then you see Christ, chains fall off, angel says, follow me. But then you see something else, you see us. Wist not that it was true, it's kind of interesting. Verse 10, which opened to them of his, of his own accord, we can kind of see that the Lord is making this gate open up almost automatically. They got garage door openers, you didn't even know it, all the way back then. <laughs> And now I know of a surety. Okay, so like you have interesting three, these three characters right there, right? You, okay, the devils try. You see what the Lord does. Remember, we already talked about the Lord, judo champion, knows how to parry things, work out in your favor. And then, then we see us. I wish, I wish that, you know, that he wished that it was true, but he wished that not, you know, it's like he didn't understand what was happening. Come on, Peter. Again, 
this is our guy, right? Like, he's the guy that the Bible highlights probably more than any character of just trips and falls, mistakes, mishaps, just various things. And yet the Lord still uses him mightily. So we should be encouraged by Peter, not make him the heel of our jokes. Um, he is us. <laughs> we do the same thing, and you got to see God's grace throughout his life, right? Okay, verse 8. Let's look at the, the key interesting things here. All right, it says, And the angel said to him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. So he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. So now I want you to notice something. The Lord prepares you for the task at hand. The Lord prepares you for the task at hand. Now, when he says, gird thyself, he is saying to him, make ready. You absolutely have to understand that. Notice that he didn't, I mean, the angel, it's an angel. Could he not have just levitated him right on out of there? I mean, super easy. We could have just, you know, beam me up, Scotty, touch his shoulder, boom, we outside. Nope, nope, that's not what happened. Gird thyself. Make ready. Okay, now, and I want you to, I want to just make a small little note here. Make a note maybe in your notes or in your Bible there. In John 21, 18, it's, okay, in this verse it says, gird thyself, does it not? Okay, I want you to listen to what does Jesus say to him in John 21, 18? It's not Peter's time yet. So when he probably heard that, Gertis, I wonder if he went back to the statement that Jesus made, like, oh, I'm going to make it. Okay. Maybe not, because remember, he's kind of wrestling with the fact that it's a trance. All right. Check it out. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. See, the angel is not girding him. He is told to gird himself. It's not time for Peter, okay? And it's just a cool little, little note right there. And I want you to understand something. The Lord sets the schedule. This is a great passage for you to just process because some of us, we make all these plans. <laughs> like you actually have some say-so in your life. You don't. <laughs> Let me remind you, let's go to James, James 4, 12 through 16. I needed to, I need to look at this because sometimes I can get like that. Oh, you know, in the future, I hope to do X, Y, Z thing. And I, man, I'm going to do this. And I'm just making plans. And oh, man, you should see Serena and I, we kind of joke over the course of our marriage. One thing that we consider fun is to sit down and make plans. And so we have notebooks of unfulfilled plans. <laughs> Because it seems like the Lord just goes, yeah, I'm, we're not doing that. He's just shaking his head and smiling, nod, no. <laughs> Sounds good. Where's that notebook? Oh, you don't even have it. <laughs> you know, check it out. James 4, 12 through 16. And so now, remember, the scripture we're looking at in Acts says, gird thyself. J uh, Jesus already said, another will gird you. So now we know, okay, this ain't that time. But now you got to get God's wisdom on you making plans that don't include his plans. All right. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now 
ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue their year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. And just when I read that, I was like, ooh, all right. <laughs> Let me just make sure, Lord, if you will. Run it by dad. What is it that you have planned? Man, of course, you guys know I have Tampa on the books. That will not happen if the Lord says my time is up between now and October, right? So I need to make my request to the Lord so that he would give me the opportunity for me to go and do that thing. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes a little bit, we walk around with this kind of, I can do whatever I want. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. You have a heavenly father that very much wants to guide every single step you make. And we got to be okay with that. That's all I'm saying is just be okay with it. Submit, submit your life, your plans, your agenda to the Lord and see if he changes it. And if he does say, amen, agree with him. It's a good spot for you to be in. Man, a lot of this, none of, none of what's happening in my life did I have on my radar. In high school, me and Rashad was talking, did I say fellowship leader? I did not. <laughs> didn't even know what that was. And so, man, praise the Lord that whatever I had planned now, I did have some plans. None of that came to pass. None of it. Praise the Lord. So I'm just saying, don't be upset that your life is where you are now. The Lord is guiding it. Be okay with that. This goes back to the whole idea. If, if he's sovereign, then he gets to choose where I end up. Okay? You're never late when you're doing it the Lord's way. I'm just telling you. Sometimes a lot of people can be really upset and feel like I should be somewhere else. No, you are exactly where the Lord wants you to be right now because you needed to go through that thing that held you up in order for you to learn the lesson. Okay? So you're not late. Be on time, be in Christ. I'm just, that's how you're going to be on time. That's how you're going to get the opportunity. Seize the day, seize the moment when the Lord presents that in front of you. For some of us, right, whether it's discipleship or D2 or we're going to go on a missions trip or any of those types of things, man, if the Lord is providing that opportunity, take it. When Brother Paul and uh, Joe Paul and James asked Serena and I to go on that El Salvador trip, there were things I was like, well, kind of him hawing back and forth, and I'm not sure. And the Lord just said, go. <laughs> okay, babe, we got to go. I don't know. We're going to find the money. The Lord provided the resources. I go. Changes my life. The whole trajectory of everything I'm doing, just because I went. That's what I'm saying, guys. God is sovereign. He knows better than you do. He knows better than you do. You have to trust that. So now, to go back to in terms of looking at girding yourself and seeing that the Lord is making you ready for the things that he has planned for you, you have to just kind of look at the fact that it says, bind on thy sandals. And of course, you know it, it, it immediately made a lot of you think Ephesians 6.15, right? And your feet shy with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's interesting that even in his preparation, he's telling him to put on your shoes, man. Because listen, why? These shoes are tied to the gospel still. And you still have to be about 
what it is that I have told you to make this about, my kingdom. We're not just getting dressed for the sake of getting dressed. We're getting dressed to get back to work. See, you got to understand something. The Lord is never just rescuing you for rescuing your sake, just because he likes to be the hero. Now, <laughs> your rescue is tied to your work. And so I'm going to rescue you because I still want you to do something out here. You got to go talk to that person. You got to invite this person, encourage them. Maybe start discipleship with that person. Share the gospel with them. Man, how are your feet prepared? Is it always that I make my prayers and then I get an escape and then I just chill and do what I want? It's relax time. No, it's not. <laughs> that Listen, whatever the thing that the Lord rescued you from is a testimony to somebody else that needs to hear that. I'm just telling you, use these testimonies. Your life is just not hard for no reason. It's to encourage somebody that is going through the same thing that's thinking about quitting and doesn't know how good God is, but you know, because you got delivered from that thing. You see what I'm saying? Do you have that kind of preparation? Are your feet, you got the right shoes on? See, when he says here, cast thy garment about thee, it's interesting. And of course, we got to spend a little time looking at this. We are told specifically what to put on. The Lord is not leaving your wardrobe up to you. You did that prior to salvation. And those, those, you need a wardrobe change. Praise the Lord. See, it's good for those of us that need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because the Lord is like, man, I got, I got a new everything for you. I'll make your relationship with the Father right. I will cleanse your sin. I will, I will be with you. I will leave my spirit with you. I will give you association with the body of Christ. I will give you my word. And I'm going to change your clothes. All of them. Because they're dirty and they stink. <laughs> Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What else does it tell you? We looked at this weeks ago. Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, the thing that you have to understand is let the Lord tell you what to put on and make sure you take off what you had on. You can't mix old and new garments. You thought I just said something crazy. It's in the Bible. That's why I said it. Matthew 9.16, no man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up, take it from the garment, and the rent is made worse. It's the same concept in welding. I always tell my students, if they're going to weld something, and they had, let's say that weld had a crack over it. If they weld a new weld on top of that, that new weld will crack. Because the, you didn't deal with the problem. It just comes to the surface. It's so cool to me that the Bible showed up in welding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so if I start trying to mix and blend, that old nastiness will come to the surface. That's why the Lord is like, you got to change your clothes. Take these clothes, burn them. You should look at, I, man, it would have definitely detoured me a lot. <laughs> but in the Old Testament, there is... Uh, the law of if you have, if you are a leper and what happens to your clothes if they get soaked in. And so essentially what happens is 
let's say you're a leper and, and your sores and that pus drains into your clothes. If they get all the way down to the fabric, those clothes have to be burned, not washed. If they're just a little dirty, they can be washed. But if they're filthy to the core, they get burned. Man, think about that. That's how the Lord sees our sin. Like, that's why he does, why do you even have that? Burn it. <laughs> Don't even keep it. Don't fold it up and put it underneath the bed so one day I can get it out again and try it on. It still stinks. It didn't get better. <laughs> Come on now. Make sure you put on the things that the Lord is saying. I love that he's telling him to gird himself. Man, put on your sandals. The Lord is telling him, hey, make ready. Get ready here. We got work to do. I'm not done with you yet. The Lord's not done with you either. See, something else I want to make sure that you understand is that there are those garments that are not suitable, and i kind of been alluding to that. And it says, just in particular in Jude 1.23, of our fleshly garments are dirty, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Guys, the Lord is called you to a wardrobe change, but he's also called you to something else. And in this verse in particular, in verse eight, we see that it ends with something very important, follow me. That is the call away from something. So now I'm asking you this morning, of course, a lot of us, we're just because you're here doesn't mean that you're following. <laughs> just means that you're here. I praise the Lord for that. But I'm just saying now, who are you following? I don't necessarily want you to follow me if I'm not following Christ. Now, if I am following Christ, I absolutely want you to follow me because everything that God is going to give me, I want to make sure that you get too, right? But the issue is I have to be following Jesus Christ. So we have to discern within ourselves, is that who we're following? It don't matter if you get ready, if you get dressed, you have all the right things on, but you're not following what good is it? You all dressed up with nowhere to go. Man, come on. It's Playtime is over. See, we learned how to put on the right things. We can have this kind of Christian ease. And we got good lingo at MBT. Oh, man, we throw around D1. That's so funny, Stacy's sister-in-law. <laughs> what is a D1? <laughs> Right? I mean, we got lingo. We learned it. KCBT taught us that lingo. We just say it. Harvest says it. Harley, I mean, all of the churches that come from K, we all say it. And if you're around long enough, oh, man, you can, you can learn it. And the Lord still could say, are you following me? And so I'm, I'm just telling you, it's something to consider. So now the key question is this. Have you noticed that your clothes have changed? Have you noticed that? Because the thing is, the Lord has changed your clothes. Do you see a difference? And the takeaways are these. I want you to be ready with what God has given you to use. You don't need anything more than what God has already given you to get started. If you're going to follow, man, you got the Holy Spirit. You got his people. You got the word of God. Get going. You ready? You tooled up, as we would say in the craft. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and then the next takeaway from that is be ready to separate yourself. There may be something that you're gonna have to get away from, stop doing, some attitude, some emotion, some people, some habit. What is it? But remember, let's not get dressed, look the part, and then not go follow, because that is absolutely what is next. Get ready to follow. Okay? That just you see how we just shorten the sentence. Get ready to follow. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to see here. I love that we are seeing that even in this little space that the Lord is showing us that by this angel saying, hey, man, get dressed. Come on, let's go. We got to get out of here because Agrippa's plans for you are uh, not the best. <laughs> it's not a welcome party coming. <laughs> Verse nine, and he went out and followed him. Praise the Lord. See, I love, man, this is why we can't make Peter the heel. I, listen, sometimes preachers like to do that. He is still more of a stud than most of us will ever be, even with his blunders. I'm just telling you, you got to look at what the, guy, what the Lord is letting this guy do. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Okay, so he went out. Let me bring up Father Abraham, Hebrews 11:8. And when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. Oh, I love that. You guys remember how it was for Abraham? The Lord shows up, get your family, and just head in this general direction. <laughs> you know, that was the initial, the first time he kind of said it was like very nebulous. You know, it, um, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> right? And then he starts, boom, he just laid the whole thing out, of which you guys realize that he never actually saw this great multitude, us, even of the faith that would be kind of associated to him by way of Jesus Christ. He didn't get to enjoy that. Man, sometimes the Lord has plans for you and there's fruit behind it that you won't even see it realize. Man, I'm glad. Van, see ya. Get me some grandkids. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know their names. Who are they? There's some being a developed Trevor I met, shook his hand and gave him a hug. That's the last I will see of Trevor. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man, I love that. You want that kind of fruit. That's why you got a disciple. You can't do that if you don't disciple though. I'm just... <laughs> so, you know, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Listen, it takes faith to obey the commands, not having all the answers, all the details, or all the data. Do you have that kind of faith? Again, it goes back to that whole thing of God is sovereign. If I agree with his sovereignty, that when he asks me to do something I'm uncomfortable with and I don't know how it's going to pan out, that I still will be faithful to do it. I mean, that's a tough place to be in. But I'm telling you, the Lord is not going to tell you everything. You don't need to know. You're on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> and so the things that he has told you, can you just follow on that? Listen, when I sign up, or when I get ready and I get paired up with somebody in discipleship, I don't know if they're going to finish. I know where my heart is. 
I know what I'm going to do, but I don't know if they're going to finish. And so the thing that I have to do is just trust. And I like that. Listen, if you understand, and it was not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but that he saw a vision. Even this dude thinks that this might be a vision and he's still obeying. Isn't that awesome? That's like the whole getting woke up in the middle of the night, <laughs> getting somebody fire a question on you like, uh, I don't know, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Follow me, okay. Get your clothes, your sandals. Oh, where my stuff at? Uh, okay. Okay, let's go. I don't know. I guess this is real. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go. <laughs> I love that, man. I just, I, it's just the simple things like that. And so obviously when you see Wist, P Peter didn't understand, that would be to know, to be aware, to perceive, to see whether that be figuratively or literally. And so in that case, you just, he's not, he's a little fuzzy, you know, how some of us are, especially like when we wake up and we're just kind of like, what day is it, you know? <laughs> You don't even really know. You know, you ever get woken up like that where, boy, or you think it's Saturday and you think you got to work and you are late? That is the worst. <laughs> your heart is pounding. Your head is doing this. <laughs> of course, y'all know my, you know, y'all that look at me when I'm speaking, that vein that I have right here will show that vein is really going when that, I think that's the case. Oh my God, it's like, I've never gotten out of bed so quick. It's like I didn't even take the covers off. Like I just levitated from this to this. <laughs> and then you realize I don't have to go to work. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> this is the same state Peter is in. I don't know. I don't. Sure, man. But I love that he's obedient even in that. Not, not fully understanding it. Not being fully aware of really what's going on. But he still obeys. Man, we can learn a lot from that. And so there's a key question in terms of that, thinking about that and, and that light. Has obedience ever caused you grief? So think about something. If he doesn't have all the details, all the data, he doesn't really sure if this is real or a vision, but yet he still obeyed. Does obedience ever cause you grief? Maybe he considered that. When I obey the Lord, there's never a time that obeying the Lord has ever cost me. And even if it took my life, I'm still obeying the Lord. Even if he gets me in prison, I'm obeying the Lord. So he's pleased. Man, do you have a viewpoint that's like that? Or does it always have to be that it's going to work out? It's going to provide something for you, some sort of fruit, some sort of thing. Can you just be happy with obeying? Just obeying. Nothing else in return. It's like sharing the gospel. A lot of times we go out with the wrong heart. We'll go out to, to, to um, uh, hit the streets. Boy, that Doobie Brothers song just kept rolling around in my head. Uh, <laughs> we go out to hit the streets, and you think just because you open your mouth and said the gospel that somebody's going to accept Christ. And then you might even be disappointed if nobody gets saved. And that disappointment is not coming from a place that, man, people heard the gospel and didn't receive it. It's because you thought there's a number you wanted every time you said it, it to work out a particular way. Man, listen, can you just be glad that you went and actually obeyed? When's the first time you went and hit the streets? You obeyed that. 
I'm glad if you go and do it. I'm telling you, the Lord is to you. I'm telling you. Let him, yeah, he's the fruit gatherer. Let him figure that out. You just go do the stuff. Listen, the takeaways are these. Faith comes easy when I know God's voice. I got to know who it is that's giving me the commandment. If you notice that, I know God's goodness. Man, I, whether it's a vision or not, this is an angel from the Lord, representative. This can't be bad. If he's saying follow me, I think I can pick up on that. I know God loves obedience. Well, Peter absolutely knew that. That's not very hard for that conversation to have taken place between Jesus and his disciples. And I know God knows the details. Guys, you see I keep hitting back on. Somebody knows all the answers. It ain't you. Are you okay with that? I'm, you just, you don't have to know how this is going to pan out. Just obey. If you know the commandment is coming from Scripture to do something, just obey it. If the Lord has told us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we understand the Great Commission, go do it. However that works out for you, if you could be Billy Graham or you could be somebody lesser, anybody would have worked there. <laughs> right? And so maybe it is that you end up the next Billy Graham. Praise the Lord. But maybe not. Either way, whether you are Billy, the next Billy Graham or just a faithful servant, either way, the Lord is pleased because you obeyed. And I trust that you would do the same. Man, be okay with that. God knows the details. He knows what he wants. In verse 10, it says, when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed on through the street and forward the angel departed from him. Okay, now listen, this is super critical. So if the Lord knows all the details, he's sovereign, he gets to choose your agenda. Um, if it doesn't match the Lord's, the Lord will change it for sure. Okay, here's something else. The Lord is the key holder. The Lord is the key holder. If any opportunities that's going to be opened up, you have to submit yourself to the Lord first. Okay, we've seen this already with Joshua AI, remember, there was no conversation with the Lord. Let's just get a couple people, not a big deal. We'll go up there and get people killed. What are we doing? Let's talk to the Lord. Perhaps the Lord would have said something about Achan if we had to talk to him first, but we didn't. So now we get people killed. Revelations 3, 7 and 8. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things saith, he that is holy, he that is true, and he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, and have kept, and have kept my word, and hast not denied my name. See, guys, I'm telling you, these open doors of opportunity, we need to be asking the Lord to do that. I think a little bit, we just assume that it's just going to work out <laughs> if I just do this. No, listen, don't you know that the Lord wants you to be desperate for him to move at every turn and thought of your life? 
And I get, listen, I get that that's not something that we naturally agree with because in our own minds, we are kind of taught to think on our own, think on our own feet, be problem solvers, plan this, make sure this works out. But listen, the Lord is like, I want you to be done with that. That's heavy. Aren't you tired of thinking about it and trying to plan it and write it down and then it don't come to pass, it didn't work in the first place? Now you got to ask the Lord anyway, <laughs> right? So all I'm saying is just cut the middleman out and you don't have to have the notebook because you have the book and you can just go to it and say, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And then now, okay, Lord, if you want me to go here, when I go to Tampa, don't you think I'm begging the Lord to show up and have something amazing happen? Just because I would love to see that. I'm, I want him to open that door of utterance in my heart, I'm ready. I'm not tripping over myself. That the people on the team, that we can have fruit in that way. Man, I... listen, beg God to show up in these situations. Don't just assume just because, oh, well, here I am. I'm going to do it. It's surely going to work out for me. No, ask him. He is the one that's putting an open door of opportunity in front of you. 2 Corinthians 2.12, furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. In particular with the gospel, you absolutely have to ask the key hoarder to open that door. Ask him. There's all these people, man, every, remember, each one reach one. That's what, that's what our goal is this year, right? Everybody invite somebody, whether it's to Bible study, the church, to the gospel, Okay, so once you get those names in your head, then that should be, of course, as we would say, the Andrew list. Insert your own name and whatever. Make your list, the hit list. I'm asking, Lord, please, please, when I speak to this person, Lord, help me to just when I invite that they hear something different than just whatever my silly invitation is going to be and that they feel compelled to do it. And listen, until they do it, guess what you get to do? Keep praying. It's not over. Don't let one time you get shot down once. Oh, I'm done. Well, I'm going to go Xbox, Netflix, whatever, you know. <laughs> Come on, man. Again, the Lord likes for you having that desperation to keep coming back to him. Because you know what that shows him? What you really want. Do you want the praise of being able to show up and say, I did such and such, and I said to this person, da 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 and then they came to Christ. Listen, except the Lord move, except the Lord build the house. We always say that. Do we really mean it? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Do we really mean it? Man, we can make a request. In Colossians 4, 3, it says, with all praying also for us that God would open a door unto us of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. And so... The key question obviously is, does your prayer life include asking for open doors? Does your prayer life include you asking for open doors? I think one of the things that is particularly interesting is, is when in verse 10, when it says, which opened to them of his own accord, it's, it's like the door is automatic. They don't even have to lay hands on it. It just opens up. Because why? The door, the Lord is opening it. This is the thing you have to understand. You cannot force doors open. 
in your life or in other people's lives. This is why you have to make your request to the Lord. This is why this is such a critical passage, because the thing you're saying is the deliverance is coming from the Lord, not from Peter. He was asleep. He was asleep. And the Lord is so at work, he's busy. He's the one making plans like Mission Impossible, man. They got the ropes and all of that, the black gloves. Peter, rescue mission, get you out of here, son. And the cool thing is the Lord could have done it like again in such a, another way, he just snaps his fingers and he's in a different place. Now, I like this because the Lord is trying to get Peter ready. You understand that? Your deliverance is also for your benefit, not just to rescue you, just to teach you something. I'm just saying. So listen, takeaways. I learned this. I'm a, I mentioned my brother James. He probably hates it. Something else that I learned from Brother James, listen to this, one of the takeaways. We should, also, we should be asking the Lord for open and closed doors. The house that James and Rosie, I don't know, you guys still own that house? Okay, the house that James and Rosie own but don't live in, don't ask them. I don't, that's, <laughs> so they, they had that house. And I remember when he was looking for that house, one of the things that he asked the Lord for was to shut the door. It looked like a good deal. It looked like something that they wanted to move on. And of course, it's awesome if you've ever had the pleasure of being over there. It's a nice space. It houses a lot of our, our uh, church members currently, I think two or three families maybe. And, um, and so, man, it looks like a good deal, right? That's our agenda. And what do you do? Ah, Lord, if this, if this ain't of you, just close it. Now, listen, <laughs> you got to have um, God's heart on the matter if you're willing to ask the Lord to take away something that you really want. I'm just telling you, you need to learn that. Relationships, for us, those of us that are single, ask the Lord to shut that door. Because if he keeps it open, man, run through it. <laughs> right to the altar. <laughs> In Jesus' name. <laughs> right? But I'm just saying like, you got to be willing to sacrifice that want to a Lord, will you shut this door? If you don't want this for me, because I only want what you want for me. Do you believe that? You hear say, Sam say that. Now, I'm just taking it down to your level. Of course, he can say that. He's senior pastor, right? That's how we think. No, he's a regular guy, just like the rest of us. All the, you know, ladies, excluding you, you're not guys. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's just a regular person. If we want AT&T, man, that's great. It seems good. I actually like this building better just because I like this room. It's one room, <laughs> right? But if AT&T is going to be, and what have we been asking? Lord, shut that door. If this isn't what you want for us, because we don't need the headache of that bill and all the upkeep and the change and all of that stuff. That's how you got to see it. So don't let your need, your want, your desire outweigh you being wise enough to say, Lord, you decide. You see what I'm saying? Put the decision back on him. It helps to narrow your focus. And so don't miss. That door is opening up. Neither one, not the angel, nor Peter had to put their hand on it. The Lord opened it himself. Automatic garage doors. Gone out. <laughs> You're free. And last verse. 
And when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he was come to himself, Peter was in awe of what had happened. And guys, I wonder if when the Lord is actually at work and moving in your life, are you at awe of what it is that he's doing? Or are you just kind of like, eh, eh. Listen, it's a wonder to me that I'm in the spot that I'm in. It's a wonder to me that I have the wife that I have. It's a wonder to me that I have the job that I have, that I live where I live, that I drive what I drive, that I get to have the influence and ministry that I have, that I have the friends that I have. It all is awesome to me. It humbles me. At no point do I look at any of this stuff and go, of course, I deserve it. I don't deserve any of it. And that's the best thing for me to be in. If I got myself there and I'm enjoying something that I made, I planned, I got together, man, that's a lesser gift. I want the one that's awesome where I'm like, I don't know how I got that. <laughs> that's pretty easy. I just look at Serena and go, I don't know how that happened. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 22 years, it's October. She's had to put up with me. Man, pray for her. <laughs> I'm, man, I'm telling you. That's the, that's the viewpoint that I have. It's awesome because God is at work. And you know why? Every opportunity I get to have testimony of how God worked in any, each of those things. You guys know I've told you the testimony of work, right? I've told you the testimony of faith fellowship. I've told you some of you that have been to our house and had dinner, you know how it is that me and Serene got together. And all of that, I have to tell you that the Lord was at work. That's the whole goal. That's why you need to do it his way. That's why you got to be okay with him knowing the details and the plans. Because it's always a better story when he does it versus when you do it. It's kind of messy when you do it. It's a redo, a reset, start over when you do it. You see what I'm saying? How miraculous of a story is this? We're going to see when, they, when he shows up at uh, uh, Mary's house that they're going to be like, no, nah, that's not him. It's a ghost. What's wrong with y'all? This is <laughs> Right? Like, that's how awesome the story is, is. I can't even believe that you are out here at this gate talking. I'm just saying. Don't waste your time with the mundane things and making choices that work out for you. That life isn't so great. And so now, but if it were more possible, Peter was more sure of God's faithfulness to him. In 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong, listen, on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. That thing that he is communicating is so beautiful, and the Lord shows up, and it's just a complete, beautiful marriage of somebody being at rest, waiting, and being okay with whatever the Lord had decided for his life. And the Lord delivered his life, and it just makes it even more beautiful, <laughs> right? Because I'm ready. If you're going to take my life, Lord, here it is. Take it. And the Lord said, nah, not yet. A couple more things. Give you another opportunity. Put your foot in your mouth, <laughs> which we know he will do. And then Paul had to correct you. It's all good, though. God still loves him. Daniel 3.25, I love this. Don't forget it. And he answered, and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Remember, I told you earlier, the Lord very much wants to remind you, I'm with you. And when you're in the darkest pit, 
when you're in the hardest situation, when you're in a place that you can't even understand how you got there, the Lord is right there. That's why you got to be okay with his choices. The dude was in prison, y'all, with chains on, bound to other men. And the Lord freed the chains, garage door opened the gate, <laughs> get out, and then go tell some people that are going to be tripping out that you're standing there telling them about it. It's incredible. Of a surety, we could also say there of a truth, man, that he had been delivered out of the hand. And from all expectation, you don't have to worry about what men plan against you because God can deal with it. So when you at work and you think you have a boss that makes plans against you, it doesn't matter. You submit that worry to the Lord. You don't have to then make some kind of mutiny at work and get on the, I need to, you know, create this wave of change at work. Stop your mouth. Go to work. Let the Lord sort that out. If you have a heart for his business, he's going to work that thing out for you. It didn't matter what Herod had planned. The Lord had different plans. In Romans 14, uh, 11, it says, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. That is from the God you serve. So that means if somebody has got wicked plans against you, they will even have to bow their knee to him. Was it not that we saw Pharaoh in dead? The Lord, man, he left you. It's good. <laughs> Stay in Egypt. Oh, you follow. Now I got to kill you because I have to show you I'm not playing with you. It didn't have to work out like that. It doesn't have to work out the way we're going to see for Agrippa either. But I'm telling you, listen, you have to trust that the Lord has your best interests at heart and you don't have to worry about who plans against you. The Lord has plans even for them. And it's to rescue them. So if you act right and you got the right focus, maybe that's a gospel opportunity. Maybe that's a prayer that can be lifted up. So our takeaways, there's no question here because we're at the end. The takeaway is this. Our deliverance is a blessing from God. His power is revealed and men everywhere will know his name. That is how your life should work out. That when it's all said and done with, did your life work out to a way that it proclaimed the name of the Lord and how you acted? And I'm telling you, you got to trust that sovereignty piece because it won't. It's going to be you trying to make the plans. Let the Lord do the rescuing. The conclusion is this. Peter had escaped because in his heart and mind, he knew God was in control. Then God physically rescued him, making his deliverance that much sweeter. And in John 8, 36, you know it. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And so, guys, I'm just telling you. The Lord is seeking to make you ready. He is the boss, he's dad, he's in control, he's the creator, whatever you want to insert there. He's got the plans, he's got the details. The only thing he's asking you to do is obey his word. And I'm asking you to do that. Make yourself ready with the things that he's given you. And remember, you are getting ready to work. It's not to sit. The rest is in the work. Okay? And so, um, guys, if you grasp this, 
you will see the miraculous things happen in your life, that the testimony of the Lord will be evident in the things that are going on, different ways and spaces of your life. That's my hope for you. That's my prayer for you. Okay, and so let's uh, pray and uh, we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you um, just for your word, Lord, and thank you for what it is and the example that you, you did carry out in Peter's life. Lord, and we thank you that his time wasn't up and just all the little details that go along with that. And so, Father, I pray that we would have uh, lives that would just be submitted and that we would be at peace, that we wouldn't wrestle with you for, for control. Lord, help us with that. Um, Lord, some of us are just control freaks and we really just get anxious about that. But Lord, I, I pray that we would just trust you. And Lord, help us to obey. And Lord, would you give us the doors of opportunity and Lord, we know that even just walking across the street, it could be the end. Lord, help us even. Would you allow us to go and worship together uh, in main service? And Lord, I pray with you, that you would just be with all the fellowships, and with service, and that people will be making decisions. Lord, I pray that we would be discouraged with our agenda and encouraged by yours. Lord, be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.